Hello mamas, Laura here and today I'm sharing the live Q&A I did with Nikki McMahon on matrescence, answering all of your popular questions. Enjoy. Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we're kicking off with the bonus episode in this matrescence series sharing the live Q&A that I did recently with Nikki McMahon answering all of your questions around the topic matrescence. So in this Q&A we cover how to practice self-compassion after birth, how to reinvigorate your relationship with your partner, hormones after birth, whether matrescence only occurs with your first child or whether it continues with each pregnancy and even the transition that grandmothers may make through this matrescence process. So this is episode six, a bonus episode in the matrescence series with the wonderful Nikki McMahon, our beautiful matrescence educator. Now make sure you go back and listen to the first five episodes if you haven't already, because we do discuss exactly what matrescence is, the different physical, social, emotional and biological changes that occur, the best ways to help prepare yourself for the postpartum period and why the current bounce back culture is not helpful to mums. Now there are so many amazing podcast series coming up in the pipeline already prepped and planned so if you haven't already be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out and don't forget that we have bonus member only episodes exclusively available to Pregnancy Posse members and in this series Nikki chats about managing stress and anxiety, adjusting to a relationship with your partner and the changes that come with that and how we can lean more into our feminine energy to bring more peace and calm into our motherhood journey. So this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series along with any exclusive member only content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content then please do check out the Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physio and turned it into an easy to understand online program. So when you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer every single question from all my wonderful Posse community members to help you avoid having to Google every symptom that you might have. (laughs) And there's a wonderful community forum where members all support each other. Plus we have a huge and extensive resources library which educates you on things like pelvic floor, pelvic pain, birth preparation, and so much more. So I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now let's get into episode six, our bonus episode in this matrescence series. You are going to love today's chat with Nikki as we discuss self-compassion, reinvigorating our relationships, the different transition periods of matrescence, and so much more. Enjoy. So we'll get started because heaps of people are already joining Um, and we are pumped for this because this series on matrescence, like it's just going off. So women are so fascinated by this topic and I'm getting so many messages just saying, and I'm sure you get this all the time, Nikki, but women just going, oh, my God, that makes so much sense now. You've put language to something I was feeling Mm -hmm. and I was feeling really abnormal about. Mm -hmm. And I just think this is such a powerful topic to be talking about because 
everyone experiences matrescence, whether you understand it or not. Um, and I think it's really helping people to feel less alone. So I'm just wrapped with the feedback on this podcast. When I spoke to you when we recorded it, I, I know how personally fascinated I was with it. So, like, I was pretty keen for this Q&A tonight because <laughs> I'm personally quite invested in it. So um, we've got a couple of questions that we're going to kick off with. But for those who haven't listened to the podcast yet and you're just joining us live tonight, I do encourage you to go back and listen to it. Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. You can find it on any of your favourite podcast players. It is our Matrescence series with Nikki McCann. And we have five episodes. So go and check them all out. They're all amazing. We touch on different topics like bounce back culture, how to prepare for postpartum hood, like how to really understand this transition period and prepare yourself as well whilst you're pregnant. And it's never too late, but whilst you're pregnant, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and for women who join us on the live tonight or anyone who's pre-submitted questions, we are doing an amazing giveaway as well. So Nikki has kindly gifted one lucky lady will be getting her self-care affirmation cards her mirror sticker and access to her incredible five-day journaling challenge which i personally did and it was really good and we'll also get a free pregnancy posse membership so that's exciting so we're going to do we're going to start with four or five questions that were pre-submitted which i think will cover most topics for people and then we're going to jump into some live questions so if you've got questions tonight we'll have plenty of time to go through them so just hold on tight to them and we're going to open it up at the end um, and answer as many as we can so shall we get started yep sounds good awesome so um most of you should already know who nikki is because you've heard the podcast but nikki is a matrescence teacher and she runs beautiful women's circles and essentially i just think you're like the human form of sunshine and a big cuddle for postpartum (laughs) mums So I feel you're very qualified. You're a mother of one and I think you, you've you been on this journey yourself. You've been through all the ups and downs of matrescence and I think you speak so well on this topic. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> and let's kick it off with the first one, which was this lady has asked, she's about to have her second baby, is matrescence something that will happen again for her and is there any tips to transition through it a second time or is it something that just happens once and then it's done and then you never experience it again? Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, so matrescence is potentially a lifelong journey of change and transformation. So the moment that we become a mum, we begin our transformation. It can actually begin preconception because we start thinking about but having a baby we've already started to shift our inner world and to start making those um, changes to how we see the world what we value so it begins really early and then again potentially lifelong because you think about the experience of of um, mothering a newborn baby that's very different to the experience of mothering a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 20-year-old. So we're constantly going to be in this changing relationship with our child where it's going to make us have to uh, constantly revisit and refine our own sense of self and how we feel about being a mother as well. That's going to shift and change um, over time. So In terms of it reoccurring with each pregnancy, yes, it does. It's um, something that we will go through with each child that we have. Um, Interestingly, 
you know, some people go through matrescence with their first child and they might not have that really big transformation or moment of change or challenge as well. It might actually come with their second child or their third child. So it's very unique for each person. It's going to be um, really individual how you experience, where you experience the change as well. Some people experience it um in their relationships, that's really an area that um, gets a lot of stretching and a lot of growing. Other people might find that it's their career or their sense of identity, or maybe it's the relationship that they have with their body. So we're all going to move through it um, in our own individual path, but we're all united through the universal experience of being changed by becoming a mum. So matrescence mm. is a universal experience, but it's a very um, individual journey as to how that unfolds for each woman. I love what you just said about how we're all united in the experience, even though it's very individual, because I just got this like, oh, yeah, like you're so not alone. And that's what all these messages I've been getting through this week have really reminded me is that we feel alone sometimes but we are just there's millions of us on the exact same transformation and it's probably good that you cleared that up as well so if, if everyone thinks sweet I've done the transition I've had my one baby I don't have to worry about it again <laughs> it is ever evolving it's not something that you can just tick off and then go okay we don't have to deal with change and transition anymore it's ever evolving which I actually think is very exciting. I think it's kind of exciting to know that you're not going to stay stagnant and mm. exactly the same forever. And I wonder what each, like I know with my third pregnancy now, oh my Lord, like everything has shifted for me. Yeah. It's been probably the most transformational pregnancy so far, which, you know, who would have predicted you would think the first would always be the most. So that's really interesting that you said that. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's not, as you said, it's not necessarily um, negative as well. Like it can be a really beautiful thing to embrace that we're constantly going to be in a position to redefine and recheck in with ourselves throughout our life and say, like, what's true for me now? Like, how do I feel now? Not be so tied down to one particular version of ourselves at one point in time. We can have that um, sort of openness to we're going to be changing and transforming over time and it's not something that's fixed it's going to be constantly evolving as we grow and develop ourselves do you think i'm digressing off the five questions <laughs> i gave you but <laughs> do you think that as humans we're just really opposed to change was it you that put up a quote about this the other day i think you might have i think we did. it's ringing a yeah. bell <laughs> um yeah i actually i shared a quote I shared a quote, um, but I didn't share it publicly. I shared it with the ladies in my alignment group. But it's like we fear change so much. And it's, a, it's an Elizabeth Lesser quote. I'll put it in the comments after um, this is finished. But it's an Elizabeth Lesser quote that says, we fear change so much, but change is this thing that enables us to reach the next version of our most truest self and that that's actually what opens up um, the expansiveness of life and the joy that can be on the other side of that change. And yet we resist it so much we're so afraid of change um and yes. i think you know that's normal it's it's change can feel um unknown so we can resist it um but one point that i was going to um say when we were just talking about this being an ongoing process of transformation is that we can learn skills 
that can help us navigate that transition. So those are skills mm. that we develop through this big transformation of matrescence. We develop those skills and then we can continue to reuse them as we go through other transitions in our life and life is one big transition. So we're going to have lots of opportunities to pull out those skills. So I think it's not something to be feared, but it is something to get support for and to um, approach in the same way that you would approach any other area of your life that's unknown. You get some support and some skills and some tools to be able to navigate that situation in your life as best you can. Mm, I love that. And, yes, it was in your email. I saw it now that it's coming to mind. <laughs> yes, I remember. And I just, I actually screenshotted it because I just remember thinking I'm very comfortable with change now. I embrace it. I love it. I actually look forward to it. But I haven't always been that way and I've always... I think growing up, I resisted change a lot. And then when I became a mother, I prided myself on, I love your quote about, um, I can't remember it, you'll remember it, but about how we're measuring women by how unchanged they are. And I really tried to be as unchanged as possible, you know, like, you know, still want to do the same things, hang out with the same friends, you know, have the same hobbies. And I found when I just let go of that and just embraced that being a mother was different and mm. I had different values and I was drawn to different people and that that was okay. It was so liberating. So I think even if just this um, chat tonight gives women permission to like embrace change, that's such a powerful part of matrescence. Yeah, totally. I feel like um, just the word itself opens up so many possibilities. Like just knowing the word gives that freedom mm. to explore yes means but we'll talk forever so i'll let you get back yeah, yeah i know, I, know. <laughs> I did say this on my stories today i was like i told nikki half an hour but like, i get excited about this topic <laughs> so i think that's a good transition into um the question was about second baby and mm -hmm. i have had another woman write in and she was asking about she was transitioning from um one child to a second child as well and she was talking about self-compassion mm -hmm. so she was just wondering if you had any tips and this is not just if you've had a second baby but i think broadly speaking for matrescence to help women lead into self-compassion when they're going through this like potentially overwhelming tricky challenging period yeah. of time yeah. So I think the first thing, and it kind of links back into what we were just talking about, is just awareness that this is a really big deal. Like this is not a little thing. Um, this is one of the most significant developmental passages of your life. Um, it is on par with perhaps even bigger than adolescence. It involves change across multiple areas of your life within a really short period of time. And because of that, we need to give ourselves time and space to let that transition happen. So we would never go to a child and expect them to be an adult overnight. We would never have that expectation. And yet we have this expectation of ourselves that we're just going to flick a switch and suddenly um, have integrated mother into our identity, have integrated all of the changes in our relationships, have, um, you know, worked through all of the transitions that we've been going through. And that's just not possible and we have to give ourselves compassion um, and time to work through that and I think that really comes back to understanding matrescence 
Um, mm. Another thing that I think is really important in terms of self-compassion is that we all go into motherhood with our own preconceived ideas about what it's going to be like. We have this version of motherhood. Did you, you're nodding your head? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we go into it and we go, oh, it's going to be like this and it's going to be blissful. It's going to be like super fulfilling all of the time. It's going to come naturally to me. Um, and we have this idea of what it's going to be like. And then we actually go through the experience and we have to reconcile what we thought it was going to be like versus our lived experience. And that mm. can take some time. And when we don't understand that those are two different things, that what we thought it was going to be like and what it's actually like are two different things, then we try and judge ourselves against the, what we thought it would be like. And that mm. also ties into a, um, a social kind of aspect of becoming a mum is that we are really influenced by media, um, by social media, by um, the versions of motherhood that are sort of shown to us um, and it's called the perfect mother myth. So we are influenced by this idealised version of motherhood and that's what we think we're going to be getting. And then we get mm. something different and because we don't understand that we that what we thought it would be like and what we're showing that it will be like in media and movies and whatever else is not the same as our lived experience, we have to um, become aware of that and then we have to reconcile those two things. And mm. I think that's a really important part of self-compassion is recognising that it's totally okay if it's different to what you thought it would be like. That's totally normal. And that there is a process that you need to go through to, um, to reconcile those two things and to move through it. So those are two things I think are really important in terms of providing those um, practical advice for something that you can do that's tangible and easy and you can put into mum life. Um, one of the things I'm super passionate about is journaling. Um, I think it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself as a mum because we don't have a lot of time to process our own transition, our own emotions and feelings. We're dealing with a lot of little people's emotions um, who we have to help them navigate theirs. We don't necessarily get and a lot of help to navigate our own. So having a process that you can just unload some of that mental load, the emotional load of parenting. Um, but there's a beautiful practice that I teach in my journaling challenge, which someone's going to be winning a placing. Um, and that's journaling for self-compassion. And that's where you write down everything that you're going through. Um, and you would have done this in a challenge, Laura. Um, you write down everything that you're going through and how you are feeling. And then you write back to yourself and validate your experience and um, give yourself some give yourself a hug, like a written hug. And you say, so say, for example, if I said, I'm feeling really tired, I just feel like I can't um, get everything done and I'm like offload how I'm feeling, I might write back to myself and go, oh, Nikki, you've got so much on right now. It's totally okay for you to feel tired and frustrated. Anyone would feel like that. You're doing a really good job. I love you and I'm proud of you and like I believe in you. So you write down how you're feeling and then you write back a compassionate response. You feel really weird at the start when you first start doing this. It feel, can feel really uncomfortable, but over time it becomes more natural. And what we're actually doing by writing it down in a journal um, and repeating this process over and over again is um, we're creating a more self-compassionate response so that 
when we're actually in the moment and you have that inner critic come up, we all have that inner critic that pops her head up and says nasty stuff, we're more inclined to reply with a self-compassionate response rather than just to keep beating ourselves up over and over mm. again. So I think that's a really, um, yeah, practical thing that we can do for ourselves that has um, a big impact so, yeah, that would be my Huge. I love that so much. I'd actually forgotten because the challenge was a little bit ago. I've forgotten about that one. But that one is so powerful because often as mums, you, like you said, you're holding space, especially if you have toddlers, like for your toddler's <laughs> emotions and you're really good at, you know, for the most part, you're really good at doing that. But then when it comes to ourselves, I wonder how many of us are not holding the same space and compassion and kindness for ourselves and when you start to tune into that inner dialogue and that's why I also love journaling as well because sometimes you write things down you go oh wow is that is that really what's on my mind because um you've just really downloaded with our inhibition and things like that because you no one's going to read it and whatnot um yeah that's so powerful I love that and I, I love what you said as well about reconciling the perfect mother myth with how you are as a mother because I do agree that um, media and you know the highlight reel of other people's lives um, can make it very hard when you're comparing your everyday reality and I know for me I personally found and this is more again like as my children get older but I thought I would be the most patient Janet Lansbury style parent <laughs> going round, which like, and I'm sure you have your moments too, but I listened to you speak and I'm like, Nikki would never yell at her child. <laughs> and then when I have moments of rage or anger, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, no one is like me. I'm a terrible person. And then when you actually speak to people, you're like, no, no, no. It's just because we've got this preconceived idea about how everyone else must be and I think that's really tricky to reconcile but it's good to have awareness of so yeah. do you ever yell at your son <laughs> um, um, look I've done things I'm not like super proud of in my parenting um, career but I think you know it's both though like you know how you're like oh I'm not the Janet Lansbury I, I don't actually know much about her. I have heard people talk about her, but I think she's, she's a real gentle parent. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think you can have both, you know, and this is part of the, the experience as well is that we're learning that we can have a moment where we can be, you know, kicking it, kicking goals, and then we can have a moment where we're not and that that doesn't define us that you can have both. Like you can have yes. moments where you're doing, you feel like you're, you're nailing it and then moments where it feels like you haven't done it so well and that those little moments don't define you, that that mm. um, that doesn't make you a, a bad person or a bad mum. Like there's this real, because the perfect mother myth is so pervasive in our culture and it's such a strong message, as soon as we do anything that isn't, the Janet Lansbury's or the the gentle, you know, super gentle, we can really bash ourselves up about it and be mm. really harsh with ourselves. So I think, yeah, it's important to um, important to recognise that we're all navigating this for the first time and we're all making mistakes along the way as well. Yeah, and that's where that self-compassion tip really comes into it as well because that's ultimately what you need. So I love that. Now, uh one of the other questions was about relationships. So this was asking, do you have any tips to create or reinvigorate closeness with your partner after birth? 
Um, so the first thing I'd want to say with this is that it's super common to experience challenge in your relationship after you have a baby, like more common than not, um, or change, change or challenge. So um, I actually did a poll on my Instagram stories last week and um, asked, you know, has your relationship changed since you became parents? And I think it was 95% of people said yes. So it's wow. very common to experience that. Um, in terms of uh, tools or things that we can do to support our relationship, I think, again, give, ensuring that your partner or support people have an awareness of matrescence, that they don't just think that nothing's happening to you, like them actually having some shared language to talk to you about the changes that you're going through, but also the changes that they're going to be going through as well, that that's actually a conversation that's happening, I think is really important. Um, and communication is obviously a really big part of any relationship. But I think being able to talk about the changes that you're individually going through and the way that it's changing your relationship as well is also really important just to have a dialogue about that. Um, and I think in terms of anyone who's listening who is pregnant, I think there are, is a lot that we could be doing during pregnancy to prepare our relationship for postpartum. So mm -hmm. conversations that we could be having around our parenting values, around the, um, the way that we're breaking up the household chores and things like that so that resentment doesn't start uh, creeping in, that someone has got an, a, a an assumption that the other person's going to take care of it, but that's not, you know, an actually a conversation that's actually happened is really important. Um, but I think in terms of small things, some things I um, have put down for postpartum, I have a postpartum cocooned ebook, which you can contributed to, is just um, even making time when you're when someone's leaving or coming home from the house i know that that sometimes i remember when my husband would come home i would literally just throw my son at him and be like bye and it was like that we stopped having that like it's nice to see you kind of thing mm. there was that we didn't have those little tiny moments um i think that you know making effort when um we're coming back together and when we're separating can be really powerful and then just even like hand-holding and non-physical non-sexual um, touch that often mm -hmm. goes out the window um so i think that's another really great thing i have a podcast interview as well on the dear mama project podcast called relationship after baby where i interviewed a re relationship coach um, and therapist and she gave a lot of really great advice about how we can navigate that transition but I would just say that it's really common to experience challenge and mm. it's really important to have um, shared language about the changes that you're going through and the changes that they're going through as well yeah I love that so pretty much go and get your partner to go back and listen to episode one of the matrescence series yeah. because that <laughs> covers what is matrescence all the hormonal and social and biological and physical changes and at least get them to listen to episode one if not all five episodes now i'm just going to throw it out there we've got one more topic we're going to cover which is about like hormones and um, the biological changes but 
Um, if anyone has any live questions, because I'm conscious of not keeping Nikki too long and everyone's probably ready for bed, please throw any live questions out right now so that we can get straight into them after Nikki answers this one. So the last question was about explaining the hormones and the science behind the changes in matrices. Now, I know that the science is not your thing and you're much more the emotional and spiritual but I'm just thinking could you maybe talk us through just like the short answer version because this is in episode one about the hormonal changes that a woman might be experiencing or in that matrescence transition Um, sure. So during pregnancy, there's a lot of hormonal activity that happens. Um, so our brain releases hormones, but we also grow an organ, the placenta, which produces hormones as well. And part of um, some of the big hormones that are involved are um, estrogen. So estrogen goes up by a thousand times the normal amount of estrogen that we would have in a single menstrual cycle. And mm. progesterone goes up by 10 times. So those are two really big hormones. And that is the hormones that are happening during pregnancy is what causes the brain changes. So we spoke about brain changes as well. I think that was episode one. Um, We're having some really significant changes happen in our brain when we're pregnant that uh, result in upgrades. So um, our brain is actually upgraded when we become pregnant to prepare us for the role of mothering. So we see upgrades in areas around um, being able to read facial cues, being, uh, being able to think about what other people are thinking about, Um, It makes us more emotionally intelligent. It also um, has IQ upgrades. But what is um, happening with this brain upgrades, I think is really interesting, is that you're taking in more information on a day-to-day basis. And I think we actually spoke about this, I think it might have been episode one as well, that it's really hard to tune out your kids when they're crying and things like that. Um, And it's really hard to sometimes... Um, shut down all of the extra information that you're taking on because our brains have been rewired to be more um, sensitive to other people because mm. we have to be more responsive to our kids. So anyway, I just went off um, went off topic. But no, in no, terms no. of <laughs> this is such a big topic that we <laughs> really so much we could talk about. Yeah. Um, but those are the, the main hormones in terms of pregnancy. When we have um, when we give birth then both of those go down very quickly. And that's why we have the baby blues. We're getting that hormonal drop where um, everything needs to kind of recalibrate and come back to, I guess, baseline. Um, And then after birth as well, we're also getting um, more hormones. Oxytocin is a really big one that happens during birth and postpartum, the beautiful skin to skin that we get, which gives us, makes us feel, um, you know, loved up and warm and fuzzy. Also prolactin. um, And that obviously continues on if you are able to or choose to breastfeed. So Mm. there's a lot of hormones that that are happening. Um, and in terms of, I guess, I think it's really important to think about recovery, your, like your physical recovery after birth. And um, part of that can be hormonal. It can also be about um, minerals and nutrients and all of the things that we can be depleted in after we have a baby. I really recommend the work of Dr. Oscar Serilac um, and his mm. book, The Postnatal Depletion Cure. Um, for anyone who's pregnant or currently postpartum or even if you had a baby a few years ago, that's a great book to check out to understand 
how we can support our body's recovery, pregnancy after pregnancy and birth, because it does take a really big, um, a really big toll on our bodies. Yes. Um, and I think we spoke about this in episode three or four, but in terms of that postpartum depletion and you, we went through all the cultural practices around the world and your conclusion was that all of them, what they had in co- common was rest and nourishment. So I think that's really good to understand as well, whether you follow a specific protocol or whatnot, like good rest and good nourishment is so important. So Thank you for answering that. We've got a few hormone questions coming through. So let me know if you feel comfortable answering them. If not, yeah. um, see how you go. So um, Gretel has asked, how quickly do those hormones drop after birth? Um, I wouldn't want to give a concrete answer, um, but I can find out the answer for you and post it in the comments after afterwards. Um, I yeah, hormones isn't really my area of focus with matrescence. I focus more so on the identity and spiritual and emotional changes and supporting our transition in that way. Mm. Um, but I do definitely again recommend Dr. Oscar's work in terms of the more physical aspects of matrescence. Yeah, beautiful. But I will find out the answer and I will comment for you. Yeah, lovely. Mm -hmm. And Alicia has asked, um, do the hormones, how do hormones go when breastfeeding? Is it the same as mums who do not breastfeed? Okay, so is there a hormonal difference for those who are lactating versus non-lactating? Do you know? There there would be, but I don't Mm. know the specifics. Um, So, again, I can come back to you. Yeah. Um, Look, I know... um, there is a difference. Um, certainly there's there's different hormones at play with lactation. And even women who wean 18 months later, they have then like this hormone um, fluctuation and drop and they can get things like baby blues when they wean their babies 18 months later. So we definitely know that there is there is a change there. In terms of how that plays out for each individual though, I'm not 100% sure whether that would be a black and white thing anyway. Um, and, and the last one for the hormones was do hormones, do hormone levels postpartum also vary for first time mums versus second or third time mums? So I think what she's trying to say is, would those fluctuations be the same first, second, third, or do they change as you have more children? Um, so in terms of the hormones involved with pregnancy, I believe that they're the same for any sort of pregnancy um, mm. and same with birth, like we're all going to have the same dip post-birth. Um, so as far as I know, there isn't. But again, I think hormones is something that it's really good to um, go and see someone about specifically for your situation because there's so many variations just in terms of even outside of being pregnant, we all have different levels of hormones in our bodies. Um, and some of us have a more estrogen dominant. Some of us are more, um, might have low progesterone. There's all different sorts of things. I do think as well um, that it's really good post-birth to go and get bloods done with either a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath to check where your specific levels are at because mm. um, there is a lot of fluctuation and I think it's important to go to a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath because they look much closer at optimal levels. Whereas I know for me, I've had some um, 
you know, things done with a naturopath where they're much more particular about where your level should be, whereas mm-hmm. GPs have a, a much wider scope of normal. So yes. they, there might be something that's not optimum that they will might not pick up at a GP. So I think going and doing that's really important. And I think we put a lot of emphasis on our bodies and taking care of our bodies while we're pregnant. And then when we're postpartum, we're just like, oh, okay, well, I'm not pregnant now. So I'm just, I'm back to normal. But it's, it takes time for your body to recover from that process. So much time. And I'm just thinking with that question as well, even though first, second, third time baby, the hormone changes and the fluctuations, I, I would think are pretty much exactly the same. I think your toolkit is probably very different. So your experience of postpartum is probably very different um, depending on your knowledge around it or what you've learned from previous. So I know, for, like I'm prepping myself for an amazing postpartum this time, <laughs> who knows, but... You know, that's just because of my past experience that um, I'll probably have the same hormone changes, but my experience of transition into motherhood third time round may be very different just because of that. So I wonder if that might be where that question was going as well. Okay, last one. Leah has asked, and I think this might be similar to the partner question we had before, but have you got any tips for helping friends without children understand the enormity of the change in our life after baby, which I think a lot of women would understand this question. Um, This is such a tricky one because I know for me when I became a mum, I felt like, oh, wow, I didn't understand what my friends were going through. And and even the same as maybe your own mum, there might have been that moment of like, oh, wow, I didn't realise this was so big. Um, So I think that's a very common thing. Um, In terms of helping them understand, I think communicating with them, talking to them about what you're going through, again, sending them some resources or a podcast. But ultimately, I don't think we can be responsible for how other people receive it. Like we can share that information, but whether or not they understand it, it, that's kind of outside of our control and that can be really painful. Um, that mm. can really hurt, you know, that experience of um, relationship shifting and changing um, when we're going through this, that's a big part of matrescence and it's part of that navigation and the grief that can sometimes come along with that as well, but also the opportunity for um I guess, growth in other areas. So you might lose some friends, but you may also develop new friends that are um, able to empathise and understand with the stage of life that you're in. But it is a big part of it, the relationship challenges and shifts, and it can be a part that can be really challenging. So, yeah, honouring honoring that for you and know that you're not alone in feeling those shifts in friendships. Mm, I love that. That's a great response. Now, I did lie. I have one more just because this one's really fascinating and I'd love Mm. to know what your answer is. And then I promise we are done for tonight. (laughs) Does matricence apply to grandmothers too and tips to support them? I guess I've never really thought about it as the next generation, but I'd love to hear your response to that. Yeah, so um, they would, I guess, be going through a continuation of their own matrescence journey. So they've gone from having this little baby where the relationship was very dependent to that slow growth of independence and now a new, like, role that they're taking in. So I think that's actually a really beautiful way to kind of show 
the depth of this transformation is that it is it includes one day that our children will potentially have children and we will be undergoing another identity shift then and that's why it's so important to have tools to navigate this transition and have language to talk about your experience and I think also just permission to know that it's okay for you to change and it's okay to need some time to adjust to those changes as you're going through them as well. So thank you for that question. I love I haven't that. Heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought I, I should ask that because that's a really interesting one with the grandmas. Thank you so much, Nikki. You. You're amazing. This has thank been you. such a really valuable chat. And I can just tell by the energy of the comments and the messages and things that I've been getting through that again, this is such an important topic to be talking about. So I did a flyer with you earlier, but I will probably bring Nikki back on the podcast at some stage <laughs> to talk about. And the other version of this and all the things we didn't get around to, to talking about. But thank you so much for joining us. I will announce the winner for awesome. Nikki and my prize um, sometime later in this week. So thank you for everyone that did join us on this live tonight. Um, and go and follow Nikki over at Dear Mama Project. She has an incredible podcast, incredible offering. She has a five-day journaling challenge. She has a cocooned her alignment every there's so much there so go and check out nikki she's wonderful and have a wonderful night guys thank you so much for joining us we'll see you later bye Hey mamas, Laura here and I so hope that you love that Q&A episode as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. As I said in the episode, Nikki just feels like a warm hug in human form and I just love listening to her speak so beautifully on this topic. Thank you to everyone who has sent me messages and emails about this Matrescence podcast series because it really does help me understand what you love and what you want to hear more of and I really do think that I'm going to have to bring Nikki back at some stage for a round two because this topic was just so well received. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Nikki or check out her amazing resources, you can find her on Instagram at Dear Mama Project. And as always, I love hearing from you. Please jump over to my socials at Physio Laura and let me know from this whole series what your favorite piece of advice or wisdom was, or if there's any future topics you would love for Nikki and I to cover. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss any of our amazing upcoming podcast series. And remember that for most series of the podcast, we do record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this Matrescent series, Nikki talks us through managing stress and anxiety, adjusting to a new relationship with your partner after birth, and ways that we can step into our feminine energy more easily after birth. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, managing pregnancy, aches and pains, and so much more. Plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series. And until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.